Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Between You and I podcast. My name is Carrie Ockrey, and my cohort is Ryan Lane. Hey, everyone. And today is episode 28. We keep on trucking. And we have my dear friend, Pete Greenberg, who is the owner, creator and owner of Latent Print Records, which is a, a vinyl record label. Um, and I've known Pete for, geez, a few decades <laughs> uh, from Hammerbox days. And uh, he has done so, he's one at the center of, he's a music lover, like just a deep music lover. And it was fun to get to talk to him about all the things that he's done. And I really loved getting to notice like how like ingenious he is. Like if there's something he's interested in, he goes and does it. Right. And that's been his path up until now he has his own vinyl label, which is what he felt like doing and he's doing it. So um, it was, I just love catching up with them and I hope everyone enjoys this conversation. Um, if you love the conversations here, please subscribe uh, and spread the word. Um, I feel like we've been having great conversations and that's what this podcast is all about. So um, yay, Pete Greenberg. I hope you guys enjoy it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Between You and I podcast. My name is Carrie Ockrey, and I'm here with my cohort, Ryan Lane. Hello. Hello. This is episode 28. Look at us moving and shaking. 28. Um, and today we have my very good friend, Smooch Smooch, <laughs> Pete Greenberg. Oh and I've known... I know, Smooch Smooch. He is the um, owner of Latent Print Records. He has been in the music business for over two decades now. Uh, yeah. Right? He um, yeah. worked with Goodness. Um, I think I met you from the Hoedown Center. Is that the <laughs> Dizel? So the Hoedown Center uh, was a, um, a center that held Foursquare dancing right in the tri-cities yes in between richland and kennewick it's this cement block uh uh center i guess i don't even know another word yes wooden um, rafters is... like mm -hmm. it's it's just a four walls and a roof super safe yeah Little kitchen i don't recall a bathroom of any sort not that <laughs> not that you would want to go there um i know so it's yeah. fancy oh, oh it is the fanciest yeah. We'll have to get a link. To, I think there's a historical site that somebody has. Yeah. But it, uh, Pete and I are both from the Tri-Cities. And the Hoedown Center was a place that um, had tons of shows. And Hammerbox played there. Yes. I don't think Goodness did because it was... Goodness did. Did we? You did. Well, thank you for being yeah. my memory. <laughs> I was there. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was not a show I put on. I was, I think... Working okay. with you guys uh, in the merch capacity, and there was a. I'd already okay. moved out of Tri Cities, and there was a. Okay. There was a goodness show down there, with well, Woody Blick, I believe. So. Oh yeah, Goody. Is it Blick. ringing a bell? No. Yes. Not, but... Well, Goody Blick is. <laughs> yeah. Remember the band? Yeah. It's just a giant blur, you know. That's okay. that's <laughs> how that goes. Well, and I, I feel like maybe that's around where we met but you have been a longtime music lover and yes. um worn many hats uh you have put on shows you have been a booker at what chop suey and the crocodile 
Cafe in Seattle? Correct. Yes. Um, you've worked for bands. You, uh, I know you helped us for years and put up with us. And oh, goodness, <laughs> you unfortunately got to see behind the curtain, which I know is disturbing at times. Um, <laughs> we could talk about that. We call it life lessons. It's just experiences. <laughs> That's all. Uh, I believe you have me on tape at the drunkest I've ever been. On I, had to, I was asked to destroy that tape and I did destroy mm. that tape. Oh, but, my uh, God. See, that's nice. Yeah. You're very kind. Yeah, it was it was. I remember Garth just pulling me aside of like, oh, you have a copy of that. Could you just not not just, no, get it going? And I'm like, yeah, fair. nobody needs to hear that. That's fine. <laughs> oh, people would want to. I yeah. just don't want to. <laughs> no. We'll talk about a shiny backpack you bought, I think. I don't oh, know. I talked about my pants. Yeah. I like all kinds of things. And That's I good. remember. Great stage banter. I told you I it was the one. It's the only time on stage I was ever crazy drunk. Like I was scared. And I remember looking back at Chris <laughs> Friel on the drums and he had a look of like hate that Chris never has. He was like, oh, my <laughs> kill you like and he's never like that and I, and I knew even in my drunken state i knew i was like oh crap like oh, i'm messed up that's when you know it's bad when you know that you've had too much to drink you're conscious yeah. of that. Oh, yeah. oh, i've drawn the line oh i well i love that we're just recounting it so people don't have to see the tape but i remember rick friel was on tour with us helping us being a tech and he went to put give me my guitar and I swear to God, he tuned it wrong. I can't remember if I was drunk or I couldn't play it or if he had tuned it wrong. But like I hit the first note, it was wrong. And I just threw my hands up in the air and went, ah, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I did. Ah, I get it off me. <laughs> and that's her signature sound to this day. Uh-huh. Ah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, anyways. All yeah. right. But. Moving on into the future or the present. Okay. Wherever you want to go. I'm ready for all of it. You're ready for all of it. I'm ready. You're currently the owner of Latent Print Records. Yes. Um, which has re-released a lot of great stuff on vinyl. So it's a yes. vinyl record label, right? Like you do strictly vinyl. Yeah, that is that is correct. Um, yeah. we've, we've tried sort of dabbled into digital on a couple of things of like, oh, here's some stuff that isn't necessarily going to make sense on vinyl, but let's just, let's just get the digital out there. I'm a big believer in like, this stuff should be out there. So let's get it out. And if there's a way to, right. uh, you know, take the albums that you loved that haven't been on vinyl and put them on vinyl and celebrate the band, you know, a few more times than I am all about it. So. That, and that's why you're doing, I mean, you're literally, this is like a passion project that yeah. you just wanted to do. And now it's turned, I think you're now you're booked out till what? 2023. Yeah, oh, wow. I mean, yeah. and it's and it sounds like oh, that's huge, but like it's like two to three releases a year, but it's still it know, takes like one man yeah. pushing the boulder up the hill. Yeah, with yeah. a lot of friends helping out on the way. But. How does that work? I mean, because there's not a lot of vinyl production anymore these days, right? I mean, like where do you go? You would think uh, there's a great company in Portland that I love to work with called Crave Dog, and they handle sort of all the assets, putting it together, the jackets and the stuffing and the envelopes. And they source to a company that's also in Portland that does the vinyl pressing. Oh, cool. So oh. It's oh, I didn't realize um, Portland had vinyl pressing because it mm -hmm. used to be you got to send it down to the south. Yeah, there's there's south. I think there's one in California. And then there's like sending it abroad to like Czechoslovakia. I yeah. 
always like the idea of like if it's important if there's anything that goes wrong i can go down and get it or i can just go pick up the order and quote unquote save on shipping which is just an excuse to go hang out in portland so, <laughs> like, in portland right yeah i'll pick up a bunch of records and hang out in portland because it's a great town and you recommended crave dog to me for my yeah. last solo mm -hmm. release so i used them and they were lovely yeah they're so nice and you know super nice that means a lot yeah and they've been this has definitely been a learning experience each so each release is a learning experience but like i didn't know how to start a label i just was like let's let's take this record and see what we can do and they've been really great about like walking me through every step it's like okay here's what you need nope, you need it this way oh like, yep okay i'm learning all right well i've you've always been a self-made person in music like I, I mean I really think that you laugh but I'm like if you've been I mean think about the people who have ideas and never implement them and that's not you um you have been interested in music and yes. look at the things that you've gone and done right like um other people just don't do that right so can will you just give us a history on you like when you started really getting into music or, or even like when you realized like oh, this is my jam. Like, I want to be a part of whatever parts of this I can. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the quick is I started, you know, music fan, I think roughly around the same time everybody does. Junior high, high school. You know, you start sort of exploring your own music beyond your parents' music. Let me get to my sound. Um, <laughs> and I, I had a friend who was really into music and like just a bunch of stuff, like the 4AD stuff and all of that. So like oh, yeah. Twins and yes. House and like some of the gothy stuff. And uh, you know, I was like, hey, can you can you make me a tape mix? And he's like, Yeah, sure, happy. He's like, What do you want? I'm like, I don't know, don't make it too weird, which is code <laughs> for any tape mixer to be like, I'm gonna fuck this shit up as much as possible. Which was the right call. Right. Like he's just like, Oh yeah, here's just insane stuff. And I'm like, I love all of this. And that just boom, we're off like a shot, right? Uh -huh. So it's it's like let's bring in all this stuff. Let's let's go figure out the deeper underground that isn't on the radio at the time. Right. So get we get through that, and then that was growing up in San Diego. I grew up in San Diego, and then moved to the Tri Cities in December of ninety. Okay. And I get to the Tri Cities, and culturally, I'm not going to lie to you, it's a little different. What? It's not the oh, same. That, that's putting it kindly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so it's you know it's a whole lot of like, hey guys, let's talk about like alien sex fiend and and virgin prunes and and sisters of mercy again, and they're like, what? I'm like, okay, so <laughs> here we go. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember you know moving to town, and and Washington was known for its music sound, right? Like that mud honey kind of vibe, that punk rock kind of thing. And I didn't get it. I don't get it. Like I know that everyone's going to these shows and they're seeing bands, and I'm like, I don't get it. This isn't hmm. until someone was like, oh, you got to check out Hammerbox. And I went, what? Who? Oh, oh really? Fingers from here. And I'm like, I mean, like, <laughs> it's, a, it's the like local connection. And someone handed me a tape and I went, I get this. This I get. It's melodic. There's structure. There's, oh, you know, yeah. it's not just like angry, which I do love, but it has to yeah. like, it needs a pop sensibility for me to have some sort of understanding of it. Or at least then it did. Now I'm. All over the place but fine <laughs> <laughs> so that was my light bulb moment of like i'm a stranger in a strange land but now it's starting to musically make sense if this is here then what else is here it's just domino effect 
Well, so. I feel really proud to have been the first domino. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I yeah. love that. You guys were great. And in fact, that first show I saw at the Hoedown was not my first show in the Tri-Cities, but like the first one I was, I knew what I was getting into. It was like, okay, I'm going to go see this. I'm going to go see this band. I'm excited. And mm-hmm. Our high school had a radio station. Oh, yeah. So like you could go be on the air in the high school. I'm calling from 88.1. And, you know, you're li- like, every, you can listen today. Like people still are still exists and their voices are still cracking and it's, you know, they're doing the yeah. best again, which is great. Yeah. Great. I'm so glad it exists. I'm not trying to knock them at all. Just right. Know what I sounded like on there. And I got it in my head. I'm like, Oh, Hammerbox is coming to town and I'm on the radio, you know, high school radio station. I work there. I'm, I'm going to go interview this band. <laughs> I have no idea how to do that. I have no idea who to contact. I have no equipment to go do a remote like interview. And I borrowed a micro cassette tape from somebody like, I'm going to go record them. You know, the way you see in the movies. Tell me yeah. more, Mr. President, sir. Right. But see, um, like right there, right there. That's you all over. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. Yeah. You know, but I'm going to go figure it out. I'm going to go figure it out. I'm going to go bluff my way into something. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what we all do. That's how it mm-hmm. started at anything. You guys you you play the hoedown. It's great. The show's awesome. And I go with my friend Chris, my girlfriend at the time, Megan, and we, you know, sort of march back there all official. I'm like, I'm with the radio and I'm going to interview you. And you guys are like, okay, cool. <laughs> okay. It's working. They it. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and, you know, I don't think I had thought it through to that point to actually have questions to ask a band. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, oh, I get to do this. Um, so where's the band name come from? Like, yeah. T- tell me your favorite songs you wrote. And, you know, it went from, yeah. I don't, I, and then I think I had this micro cassette tape that I never knew how to transfer. Like, oh. there's my interview that never made it to the air. Just me telling stories to anybody who would listen. I told you to hear the band. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the gateway. It happens. You know, what's funny is I just talked to someone about, getting in the mindset to try new things. Cause often I think people don't try things cause they think if I don't get it totally right, uh, you know, and it's an end point. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, that's a perfect example of like, okay, well you got that far in the process. That's great. Right. Like, yeah, maybe right. you, you know, used a modality that like, I don't know how to transfer this or whatever, but I'm sure you did the next time. No, I you never know? did another interview. You did? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I take it back. You were yeah, smart for life. No, I mean, like, yeah, was... yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. Um, so but it still, was... it's the trying. It doesn't like it was, yes, yeah. Yes. yeah. But the long term is now it's led to you being interviewed. So it's like now we've. Oh. I know we've come full oh. circle. Yeah. Hey, where'd the name come from? Yeah. <laughs> What's my, your favorite? <laughs> my parents gave it to me. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Ooh, that is. Thank you, Ryan. That was yes. a great point out. Oh, how the tables have turned. turned. Actually, <laughs> the really fun part that I'm going to drop right now that I'm super excited about is from that initial conversation of where did the name come from? I remember mm-hmm. Dave going like, oh, there was a song we had called Down in the Hammer Box. And I'm like, yeah. okay, that's how you got your name. I didn't think there was ever a recorded version of that song until right. 2017. I'm rooting through your basement for the Goodness Project, what we're doing on LP. And there's these <laughs> reels. There are reels. Just reels of Hammerbox stuff. And I know the catalog enough to know that I've never seen those yeah. song titles before. And you're like, oh, yeah, those are songs. And I'm like, I'm going to take these reels. I'm just going <laughs> to do you. I'm going to take these. 
I just like, now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like to point out that you can see how Pete and I are close enough friends that he's rooting around in my basement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your stuff. yeah. Just yeah, I'm gonna go just look at all this stuff. You go away, you be gone for a day. It's fine. I'm just gonna sit Perfect. here. It's my happy spot. Uh-huh. Uh, but we transferred the reels, and we're gonna be putting them out. Seven inch. That's right. Hammerbox seven inch. It started with a seven inch. It'll. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here. So by the time you listen to this podcast, the the announcement and campaign should all be out. And Mm -hmm. there you go. So, yay! I'm excited. I know, right? God, I see. I. I do love stories like that, like the whole, oh, I met you here, you know, we had this exchange and now it's, you know, 2021 and we're close friends and I'm putting out that music, you know, that you did when I first met you. I just love that shit. I do too. (laughs) Yeah. Circle of life. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it was always important for the label of just like these bands were big, right? tour big whether it's regional or local like mm-hmm. big. they had a huge fan base there was a crowd yeah and then just to have it sort of disappear it's like no 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 like these bands are still something right they they, they still mm-hmm. resonate with people let's go have that conversation let's yeah it's still good music there's still it's still good music, great work right done. Yeah. yeah and like you know hundreds if not thousands of people used to support this band or come see this band like let's mm-hmm. let's yeah. not forget that they existed and let's appreciate that like hold on Let's keep this going. And I'm always flattered when someone, I mean, to this day, will be like, oh, yeah, I still listen to that record over and over again. Like, it stands the test of time. Or with Hammerbox, I mean, I get messages from South America all the time, like Brazil. Because we ended up having two songs on uh, the Road Rash video game. Um, But I don't see any dissipation of the love for that band or... Uh, my singing, I guess, you know what I mean? Like to this day. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Any artist. That has, to, that has to be such a, a great feeling of like, Hey, remember this thing that you did half a lifetime ago? Oh, I still love it. And it still means the world. Like, or the and it means like, something. I just yeah. found you, or I just found you again, or. Um, yes. Yeah. I have a, I have a friend who has a goodness CD stuck in his car CD player. He's like, it's been, it's been that way for years. But he's done nothing to change it. Like, he hasn't changed the CD player. He hasn't gotten it fixed. He is perfectly content. Like, like it's stuck there, but that's a great CD to be stuck there. Yeah. I love listening to it. I mean, it's like, <laughs> that's a good default CD to have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, all right. So ah, you just a, stuck with me. I had, I had a Daft Punk one stuck in for like years and years. And I did burn oh. out on it, though. <laughs> I, yeah. I get that. I get yeah. that. That's fair. Oh, my God. That cracks me up. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, Pete, what? So, what happened yes. from there? Tell us, like, okay. You were uh, interviewing. Yeah. That was foiled. That was it. Like, that's done. I mean, like, that's the career. I don't need to go further. No. Um, <laughs> I know. You know high school true. radio station to, you know, college where I went to Central and then was like, oh, well, my friend Carrie, who kind of knows my name now, is in a new band called Goodness. Let's have them come play and oh, did yeah. a show at Central. Um, yep. And then I finished college, went back to the Tri-Cities for a little bit. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to put on shows because no one's putting on shows. Everyone, Tri-Cities is one of those places where it's like you're there for a sort of certain handful of years and then you move. Like, yep. Or you stay for forever. Right? Yep. But the people who were putting on shows had all moved out of town. So I'm like, well, how hard can this be? Famous last words. <laughs> 
hell hard could this be? We'll figure this out. It's fine. Like, you know, you get a sound guy and you get some stuff and uh, you pay people and people show up. It's fine. I'm like, oh, right. Mm -hmm. Negotiating contracts and understanding that, like, just because you want a thousand people to show up doesn't mean a thousand people are showing up. Right. So, you know. Yeah. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how. I wouldn't be able to put up with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the... The option is like I could not do it, and then it just wouldn't happen. Yep. Like I, I can wait for someone else to put on a show, which would be great, and then it wouldn't happen. And in fact, actually, that's sort of how the label started. As I tried to pitch it to a couple of people, hey, I have some projects in mind that I know will do well. You should do them, and they're like, nah, I don't think it's gonna work. Yes. I don't think it's gonna work. And I'm like, well, I still think it will. I guess I have to do it now. You know, that's the thing I loved about. I still love, kind of about. I don't know if it's just punk rock or whatever, or maybe it's just being like that where you're like, yeah, I'm not going to wait for anyone to give me permission. And I'm certainly not going to, after a while, wait for you to do, if you're not going to do it, I'll do it. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, I, cause you know, waiting on people is just infuriating. Like, um, because if they don't get it, like, or, or they're busy or they're doing their own things, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're hanging there. Um, and so it just is best to like learn how to go. I'll just do it myself. Yeah, I mean, and, and it was such an opportunity of like, well, I can learn how to do this, like how to make a record. And I thought at that time, I'll only make one record and like I'll have the experience and then just move on to something else. And at that right. time, I was working from home and, you know, was married, but I didn't have a kid yet. And huh. all of a sudden here in the middle of it, they're like, oh, I changed jobs where I don't get to work from home anymore. Oh, and yeah. I have a kid now and I'm really tired and trying to do a label. <laughs> yes. And like, I don't have as much free time, but it still is. It's found a way to balance itself out. So. Yeah. Well, I'm glad now you have the experience. You've made one. Album. Yeah. Now you know how to do it. So you right. You make, make one. And, yeah. and then the second one's just as easy. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> they do all have different quirks. I mean, like, I appreciate learning so much because coming into it of like, oh, no, you guys recorded the album. So you still must have the songs, right? have the recordings and you have to have the artwork no that is not how it works surprisingly people don't keep things that are 25 years old like that or right it's on a computer that doesn't exist anymore or what right. the, the originals could never be found like with the goodness record that we did we had to recreate the master which was a whole process i didn't know you could do right yeah, yeah. how do you right. do that do you take it like from some cd or something this is the we best took quality. it from we took it from the cd we took yeah. it from the Y records release because i like that sound better um mm -hmm. i thought i thought that just showcased you guys so much better and then we ran the cd through this restoration software that i learned existed at the time john goodmanson who helped record that album was like i have this software that it might work and i'm like let's try it let's see what happens the software yeah. makes it sound like it's the original recording. It's just it, it, well, it puts back in like the little wavelength, the tops of them, little peaks, right? Okay. So, so like when your needle is playing on the record, it's not scratching across. It just mm -hmm. allows it to bounce up and down to get you the sound. Otherwise, it's going to sound terrible. This is all stuff I learned. I did not know. Not an audio expert in any way, shape, or form. So, it's like, yeah, oh, you're, that works. You're willing to learn. Like, there's a yeah. patience. There's a patience talent in there that's required for that, you know? I'm I'm sort of tenacious in that, like, if I have an idea that I like, I'm not letting it go. I'm just not. That's great. I'm, I'm just going to annoy people to death with it. Like, 
they're either going to say yes because we like the idea of a record or they're just going to say yes to get me to go away like <laughs> fine i don't care success is success yeah <laughs> like no this is the thing we're doing and i don't think like people fully realize of like okay in fact the first band small from the tri-cities that i did was mm-hmm. like i have this idea and i want to do this and yeah. there was five members and i went to them they're like well and they each said yes but individually they're like i'm gonna say yes but the next guy's gonna say no and they all had like different oh my gosh thought would say no. and i came yeah. back to them i'm like you guys all said yes and they're like wait what really that guy said yes and that guy's Yep, you all said yes, so we're doing it. Let's figure it out. I'm just wading through that, Pete. Like, just your patience to wade through, like, an artist getting back to you at all. Like, I've always thought that, even when I'm the artist being a pain in the butt. (laughs) I've been like, God, I admire that. Like, I know I'm driving him nuts, but he isn't going to stop. And I I want some of that. Like, how does he do that? I would quit in a hot second. I mean, like, oh, for God's sakes, <laughs> you have to you have to assume best intentions, right? Like everybody's busy with life. Everybody has things. This is not a the label, the the projects, whatever. This is not a thing that should be the first and foremost. I get it. Like, it takes a while to get it done. Then it takes a while to get it done. Like, but we'll get it done. I'm not going to stop. And I know you're interested. So like, let's just keep moving forward. I'll keep bugging. I mean, do you just have a place you can go inside your mind that can be patient like that like it's no doesn't you know what i mean like it'll get done when it gets done and i'm gonna keep going and that's that's all there is like is it calm like that on the inside <laughs> for the most part yeah i mean like once we start running into like scheduling of like okay here's the date we need to launch here's the date we need to you know send off pressing here's the date we need finalized everything like that gets a little more no 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 i need more interaction i need more engagement yeah but for the most part, like, yeah, we'll just, we, we don't have right. a determination on when it's coming out, right? Yeah. Like, oh, well, I think it takes through. being able, be able to get in that state of just not worrying about it. Like, yeah, I want to do this. I love it. Well, nobody's in a rush, right? Like, right. it's just a project. That's great to get yourself. That's something to think about for people in any of their projects. Mm-hmm. Like, just, okay, you got to get in a state that's, did you want it? Well, I bet too, it's like, if you really wanted to do it, you'll figure it out, right? Because you still have that motivation to do something, right? And you got to maybe lean on that sometimes <laughs> during the bad times to be like, do you still want to do this? Yeah, I still want to do it. Okay, then we can keep going. You know. And I can say with every release that's been put out, I've been excited to see them come to fruition. There's been yeah. none where I've been like, I wish I hadn't done it. Right. Mm-hmm. There's okay. definitely been times where I'm like, mm, if I had known what I had known, I would have approached it a whole lot differently. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. I mean, like, again, learning experience. And I'm never working on just one project at a time. So, like, this Hammerbox thing, the seven-inch that we're talking about, which I'm super excited about, I already have three, four more projects that I'm doing little bits for, so. Exactly. Do you think, so, did all the other things you've done up until having latent print records help that? Like, um, you left the Tri-Cities and moved to Seattle. Yeah. And for a while, oh, you worked at Sonic Boom Records? I did. Oh, my which God. Is an- you- which is another goodness connection, actually. Another goodness connection. And then you sort of helped us here and there. I, um, moved, I moved to Seattle to be like, uh, Tri-Cities, music scene or creative arts, it's not going to happen here. Sure. But there's bands and there's this scene and there's this stuff that I want to be a part of. I'm going to go 
Uh, and I'm going to go to Seattle because I love it there. And I'm going to go work with bands that I like. And I was actually talking to Barbara Dollarhide, your old manager. I'm like, yep, can, I, can I come intern with you? And she's like, absolutely. And I'm like, oh, great. I love this. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to go work with goodness and I'm going to be their merch guy. I decided this before I think I even talked to you guys about it. And you're like, <laughs> see, you were like, oh, someone wants to do that. Great. Thank like, you. Like, yeah. <laughs> strategy. You show up and you're like, I'm your merch guy. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh my God. Yeah, Thank they God. Were, they, I mean, they were on board with it, but here is the thing we have learned that we will get into the dark side. Of, yes. Of yeah. Being a fan of a band and being so excited to be with them. It's called what I call the happy puppy syndrome of like, we're the band. Where are we going? What are we doing? This is amazing. <laughs> and you're with a band who's been doing it for a few years and they understand being in a band means quiet time. Mm-hmm. It's quiet oh. time. Like, let's just be chill. <laughs> we've we've got hours ahead of us, and I'm like, "Are you guys seeing this? There's a road out there. We are traveling in a van <laughs> down the river. Tell me, like, this is amazing." Yep. Like, uh huh. No, we've we've mm-hmm. done this drive. We've done. Yeah. This drive right yeah. I remember that. I remember that. I remember feeling kind of bad. Like I was torn because I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. He's got to see this, but I also need to take a nap." So you need to chill out. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do for you, but you need to calm yeah. your shit down. <laughs> Funny now. Yeah. Well, and I think on one of those, right, one of the goodness trips, we had a weird, well, we had a mishap. I made a mistake. Let's just call that. <laughs> really what happened was I made a mistake. We had played a show. Pete was with us and we played a show in Spokane, Washington, which is Northern Eastern washington for anybody who might not know that and then our next show was in boise idaho which was literally like straight south but you can take a couple weird routes to get there sometimes smaller roads and i'm not sure what the hell i was thinking but i was like oh no we'll go east and then we'll head down like we'll go east on 90 which goes over the top of idaho and then you're in missoula oh no you're in montana and you know you've gone too far, and it's like a, a oh shit. <laughs> and you have a show that night, and Pete <laughs> unfortunately had to bear witness to that like, uh, like just awful night of, you know, half of us are in the car, like Pete, Fee, and I, Rick, are all in one car at the in freaking Montana. I realize I've driven too far, and now can I even get to Boise on time? Uh, spoiler alert, of which I don't. <laughs> I will say you did make it remarkably close, all things considered. Like, yes, we showed up right as the band was loading out, and the night was done. <laughs> Is that close? Is but that I mean, even like, close? That's like within an hour or two from, like, being in Missoula to get to, like, I would still call that remarkably close. Oh, well, let's remember, Pete. I, mean, I also it doesn't gotta, accomplish I... that you made the show. Yeah. It's a small yeah. detail, but yeah. It's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally two, two things. Let's remember I got a speeding ticket on that drive. <laughs> See, if you hadn't been pulled over, you would have made it on time. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, we're having to inform the band, the other half of the band that is in Boise at the club, slowly but surely telling them, yeah, this ain't going to happen. <laughs> and this is people like Danny, Chris Friel, and Garth who do not take that shit lightly. Hmm. Like Chris Chris Friel is a show must go on kind of guy. (laughs) And so he is a a kind gentleman, but you can only, that's one place you push Chris Friel and he's like, "Mm," you know, like, (laughs) and and that's probably the most angry Chris Friel gets is like, 
really like god you know whatever and so mike todd who was our yes. sound guy recently in one of his facebook posts had told the story and what they ended up doing at the club was make, yes. they ended up creating a band called badness and <laughs> i don't fucking around i don't know what it was but i also remember walking into the club and all of the, the people that worked at the club were couldn't we're like, fuck you. Like the guy wouldn't serve me any alcohol. He was just like, yeah, no, yeah, your day the is done. To all of Badness's music was how they hated Carrie. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't <laughs> doubt it. Why everybody was mad. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was, a, it was, you know, not, not a highlight per se. It's funny now. But funny do you now, remember but like Pete, for years, that story was not to be told. Like we literally no. did not tell that story. No. One, because I mean, Pete, do you remember like, that was the first time you ever had to see us like fighting, like in the car and you were uncomfortable. You were like, I don't want to see this. And I think I even turned to you. as like, sorry, but this is it. Like we're all get over it. You know, like we're mad, like we're mad at each other. Yes. Yes. I came from a very sort of dysfunctional family. So conflict of any kind would set me yes. off of like, oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how to process this. I don't know how to handle it. Right. Yeah, it's just like, eh, it happens. Um, I did get some of the best advice ever from Mike Todd, actually, during one of those phone calls where we had to stop in the middle. And uh -huh. Mike was just like, if there's ever a time you can get yourself between the two people who have the most tension and talk to the other person on the other side, like talk to me, who has, you know, the least amount of tension, like do the best you can just to separate that out. I'm like, because oh, that'll help calm. I mean, like, right or wrong, like, I get it from a from a crew sort of standpoint. Sure. Like, oh, I love know. that you guys were handling us. That's nice. That's a part of the job, I mean, right? That's what he's trying to do, right? Like, yeah. just trying to yeah. handle it and try to, like, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. He great. was really smart that way. No, he was a killer sound guy. Or yeah, he is a killer. He's great at that, and he's kind. And uh, you know, like, he was a. Well, all you guys, like we, you were help. I mean, even if, well, one, I wasn't mad at you, right? It was just tension that was, of course, going to come up. But it was also, um, like I always kept in the back of my mind, I was like, these people are here to help you. You know what I mean? Like they're working for you, but they don't have to be here, <laughs> you know? And I, so I always kind of had that in the back I mean, of my mind. Did. Like you, you drove, so we did, but. I know, but you know what I mean? Like ultimately as a human, you have, you have choices. Yes. Um, so that's always, and that's kind of my upbringing too, like politeness and princess gracing it and whatever. But I think that's true. So, uh, you know, and I felt bad that you were uncomfortable, you know what I mean? But I was also <laughs> in a phase of learning how to like say what I think. You know what I mean? So I was like, I'm fucking mad, you know? Fair enough. That's how it is. I'm comfy. Sorry, you aren't. <laughs> oh, my poor friend. Anywho, but I do so also remember. I do also remember Doctor Heavy uh, Mike Todd uh, getting super drunk that night and in the hotel room just going, "Get him!" And like Danny and Chris, <gasps> Garth, yeah. like, they're all looking at me, and I'm like, "This is not gonna end." Ran. I'm like, "I will be gone." We're That's drunk. right. Run you. This is. I, I, to this day, I don't know what was going to happen, but nothing, nothing good. Just nothing good. Well, I, if, 
if Mike, Dr. Heavy is what we call him, uh, if Dr. Heavy and Danny were wasted, you should have run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, and I love that you, I forget that you interned with uh, Barbara and um, Deborah mm-hmm. Chapman, right? I never actually interned with Barbara. She closed up shop right as I got to town. She's like, I don't oh, want to do did? this management thing. But I oh, did I, I did sort of assist with Deborah. That's, you know, some of the, mm-hmm. the learning ropes there. Deborah was She's a beautiful Barbara's person. assistant. So she was great. It's awesome. It's like, all right, we're doing this. Like, let's do this. Yeah. She was another person who had to put up with us. Poor girl. Um, mm. But yeah, Barbara Dialhart also was like the best manager I've ever had in my life. Like she actually loved us. And when she said she had to be done, I i mean, it was, the industry is rough, right? We all know this. Yeah. And it was literally kind of killing her. Like she had a slip disc. She was smoking like crazy. She's like, I just can't, oh, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm getting on. And it was, and I, we all understood. We were all bummed because she was someone who, one was smart. Yep. She helped us get signed uh, through her connections to Love Atlantic. I mean, a little bit of, uh, she knew Eric Greenspan and as a lawyer and all. Anywho, um, she helped us get there and she actually loved us like deeply. Yeah. Um, and that's that's hard to come by yeah. someone who will fight for you. But it's hard to fight an industry that is uh, not fair or mm-hmm. rational. <laughs> and so it all, she had to quit. She had to walk away. Yeah. Uh, and we all knew that. So after so after that, when did you start uh well, you were working at Sonic Boom Records. I remember that. So we would do in-stores. Yeah. But when well, did the, you start? Well, the first in-store you guys did there, in their, their tiny first little shop, it was a small little shop. Um, you guys did a Showbox show, and then, like, the next day we're going to do an in-store at this brand-new little record store. Yeah. I went with you guys. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. I love this place. And I was oh. living in Ballard at the time, and it was in Fremont, so it's, like, five minutes away. Um, and I just started hanging out there. And right aroundish that time i mean it was just the two owners jason and nabil running it two guys that didn't have any staff yeah um right at the time i went through a breakup i'm like well i need to get out of the house and do something but i don't know where to go right i'm gonna go bug those guys because they can't leave the shop <laughs> <laughs> like they're nice and i like records and maybe they need to help and i just kind of kept showing up this is my, nice. my method so at one point they're like, oh, well, we have this conference in Portland. Do you want to watch the shop over a weekend? And I'm like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And, and I got paid in records and it, it was it was great. And I was like, I'm going to I'm going to do this record thing for a while. I'm going to do this record shop. Yeah. And they finally started hiring employees and they brought in Nick Harmer, who you guys might know from the Death Cab for Cutie. Yep. And he had worked in record stores before. And then he started getting a paycheck. And I was like, wait, you can get a paycheck? Hold on a minute. For this whole <laughs> can I get one of those? And they're like yeah here you go and i'm like boom wow uh and did that for a handful of years and it was great love yeah. the experience that's really cool mm. i love that yeah because they end up having two locations they had three, three? and i'll say like three and a half because they had that general store in fremont as well but there okay. was like ballard fremont and capitol hill oh that's um, right and then they had an annex as well too in fremont so and now they're just down to the one and it's a slightly different owner uh who's super nice guy as well and it still has that boom aesthetic and the one in ballard yeah. is that the one that they have ballard yeah uh-huh that's nice it's pretty big too in terms of yes. a space and i'm seeing more and more vinyl get there which is nice. great yeah. the goodness record is there Come nice. on, goodness record. or go by any record it's yeah. fine 
<laughs> it's fine. Um, <laughs> so when did you when did you start booking? Like, was Chop Suey the first place you? No, it was Crocodile. Oh, okay. Yeah, and- I had, I had done Sonic Boom for you know about four years at that point, maybe four or five, uh, and the then lead booker, uh, main talent buyer Christine came and said, hey, we need a new assistant. And, you know, people seem to like you. You like music. Why don't you come do this thing? I'm nice. Like, I'm like, oh. I like Christine. Yeah. She is great. She's yeah. phenomenally smart, witty, great. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'll go do this thing. And I remember pitching it to her like, well, I'm thinking about going back to school too. And she's like, oh, you'll have time to do both. Which <laughs> she had to know was a lie. Like, had to. <laughs> You're not going to sure. school. You'll be doing all the school stuff. Yeah. Nah, that's fine. Um, and I, you know, worked at, uh, at at Crocodile right up until a couple of weeks before, about a week or so, maybe two, before they closed. The old Crocodile closed. Okay. Uh, and we kind of knew the writing was on the wall and maybe some personality conflicts with the owner, tension yeah. that just caused me to go like, I'm, I'm going to go do something else. I don't know what it is, but yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just not. So yeah. Left. And the current and one that closed now too, right? Yeah, well, I mean, or is it moving? It, cl- it closed, um, and then they reopened it, and you know, had a big grand reopening party. Didn't call me, so that's cool, guys. Uh, <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, they didn't call Christine either, and we're like, mm, but whatever, whatever. I'm not mad. You know, um, and they exactly. they revamped that place, and it looked great, uh, and then. In this COVID times and trying to renegotiate their lease, they just didn't get it done in that space. Yeah. So now they're moving and they've moved where El Gaucho was. Oh, okay. oh, wow. So, like, yeah, they're building two rooms in there and it's super excited. And I'm super stoked that the croc still exists. So great. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I hate to see clubs go away, especially the good ones. Um, I know. Well, so think about it. So yeah. Yeah. Just... Yeah. I mean, think about like in the Crocodile Cafe, I spent my 20s into my 30s i mean mm-hmm. hammerbox from i mean holy hell like hammerbox all the way through goodness even the rockfords like played the old stage yeah and the last show and i played too yeah i mean well what was really cool was st- like two things before i moved to minneapolis i did like a goodbye show Yes. And that was really fun because I literally had any everyone and their dog like that i'd ever played with as much as i could get them like play um, and then the last show I did before COVID shut down was at the Croc. No, hey. it was that alma mater, but I played a show at the Croc. Yeah. The last show so, in Seattle. Yeah. Well, and sometimes oh, at this oh. edge, I'm like, sometimes it's hard to walk into old places. Cause you're like, yeah, I can't come in here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like there's so many memories in here. I don't even care what shape this room is. I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Fair. Uh, Okay, so you did that for a while. Did you ever work at Chop Suey? Am I insane? Yes. Once, okay. no, once it once it closed, right? I needed a job, and I left, so I still needed a job. Uh-huh. Didn't change, and, and Chop Suey was looking to hire someone. I'm like, hey guys, I might yeah. have availability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I went great. Come on in, and I did two years at Chop Suey, and it's a challenging room because all the condos were going up, and you'd get noise complaints. Oh, really? Um, even when there wasn't sound, like they would call the cops and be like, there's noise and we hate it. And the cops would come by and we're like, yeah. we got a noise complaint. I'm like, literally an acoustic guitar fest. Like, it's just a per- or, or even better, they called it when there was an 
air guitar competition. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, like, there's a noise complaint. And I'm like, there's no sound. Like, yeah. Oh, you got to play yeah. along to something. <laughs> something. But, like, no, it was just people who were annoyed that they moved right across the street from a rock club. I which, never understood. Right. Like, people, I was like, I, you move into a neighborhood that's, like, known for music and it's clubs. Yeah. And, like, you, you're like, this is why yep. I want to live here. But ah, now it's too noisy now that I live well, here. Yeah, now um, it's inconvenient uh, yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's obviously people who don't know. They've moved to Seattle. They have yeah. no idea, nor do they care. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I'm here for the tech or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. it's no different from people yeah. moving to the country and being like, God, it smells like pigs. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Get rid of these pigs. <laughs> Where's my Martha Stewart it, countryside? What? so dirty here. Exactly. What do you do with all this dirt? So much dirt. <laughs> well, and exactly. that's – you yeah. must have then – I mean, we've seen the evolution of what Seattle – into what Seattle is now – yeah. I mean, you must have been on Capitol Hill, especially, and at some of these like, you know, clubs that have been there for all that. You must have watched an evolution going on of like, wow, this city is changing. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I got out of sort of club booking in two thousand and nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I was I was ready to go. Like it's it's a grind. Yeah. It's kind of going crazy. Yes. Like I don't love. I yeah. love the music and I love the bands and I love the people, but like some shows you win, some shows you don't. And then, yeah, watching it get like harder and harder to do and watching buildings yeah. go away or, you know, noise complaints from the neighbors when there isn't like, yeah, it's, it's definitely a yeah. challenging hustle business. Did you work with Jody, Jody Eklund? Did you guys work no, together there? Fantastic. She is. She's like Super a saint. Fantastic. She's a saint and she's a lover of music like you are. And I, she worked at Chop Suey for a while, but she's got her own place now. Yeah, I think that's great. I think she came in like a booker or two after me at Chop Suey. And I was like, oh, if that is the right person for that room, that's brilliant. Yeah. And then a little while, a few years later, I'm not good at the math on that. Um, they let her go. And I was like, that was a mistake. That's just a big mistake. You no kidding. Money. You're not getting it. Um, yeah. Well, it had new owners, right, from L.A. Yeah. Yeah. I met the gal. I mean, I met the gal who was part. I, I liked her. I mean, I had one evening with her, but I didn't I didn't work there. So, well, what did you do um, once that was done? Did you need a break? I needed a job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I had a friend at Microsoft who was like, hey, you know, we've got this Zune project thing going on. Oh. You want to come work on that? Zune. Program the music store, and I'm like, I absolutely do. Make all the jokes you want about Zoom, I will defend it till the day I die. It was I cool. It. I don't care what anybody says. It was, it was cool. It, it, thank you. Yeah. It did a whole lot of stuff before the other things were doing them. Like it had a radio in there where you know your iPod didn't at the time. You didn't have the DRM, the digital rights management stuff that would wouldn't let you take stuff off and on. Like you could just take it. It was just a portable hard drive. The Zoom was so like you could plug it into anyone's computer and be like, "Oh, you need some songs? Here you go." Maybe you shouldn't be doing that. That's a different discussion. <laughs> but you could, right? Yeah. Like, it just no pro Zoom, pro Zoom all the way. So. I think we're almost ready for the Zoom nostalgia to come back. So people start buying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. I will be right there with it. <laughs> so how long were you there then? I was there for about a year um, and then went to a different contract uh, at Xbox or at Microsoft for Xbox. Uh, and then another one back to their sort of music service after they rebranded from Zoom music to like Xbox music to Groove music. Mm-hmm. 
did that right up until they said, you know, this music business, it's not exactly financially lucrative for us. Right. Yeah, it's just too like, bad. Oh. I was a big user groove, actually. I liked it. I thought it was the best one, but, you know, they did force you know, me into Spotify. Fine. So there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was their big plan of like, oh, and I had always thought of like, I look at the Xbox when they turn it on. And there's a music service there, and there's always an iTunes. So, like, as long as there's an iTunes, Microsoft always has to have a competition. Mm-hmm. I it never occurred to me that they would just replace with Spotify. Like, oh, look at that, we're saving money and making money. Right, right. Smart business decision, gentlemen. However, <laughs> I still need a job. <laughs> However, yes. <laughs> well, what did you do from there? Uh, there, I've landed up at the company that I've been at for three years now, um, called Play Network who do That's music right. programming for retail and business. So like yeah. the joke I like to say is if you're ever in the mall and you're like, I hate that song that you're hearing overhead. That was us. We did that. Nice. I'm um, sorry. I'm sorry that we I mean, did that like, to you. <laughs> no, that's just me being funny. Um, but there, I mean, like, go ahead. I'm sorry. I say, is that, was that where the Muzak company, did they turn into that? Cause I know they were from Seattle. Like Muzak was, and then, yeah. and that was just the sort of like what you're used to. Yeah. Yeah, music yeah um but this is actual like song strategies and music strategies with real songs and, okay yeah stuff like that so see they should bring back uh, i have a from ipanema stuff yeah that's in some strategies out there i mean we have some things like well this. music is also like the remakes of something but softed down right, right. you know what yeah. i mean like i don't want to hear teen smells like teen spirit like but with like with a shuffle to do you know like yeah. some weird organ like i'm pretty sure i've heard smells like teen spirit in I'm sure classical you music in an elevator like i'm almost uh, positive. It, i'm sure you have sure it you exists have. Yeah. Um, yeah. surprisingly not a lot of people want to hear that sort of music style slow style version i don't know what's wrong with them yeah. i don't know what why but, the hell would they but, not want that like when yeah. you could have actual songs like okay yeah let's do that yeah wow Exactly. Well, it's so funny. Um, you know, when I moved, I moved away right when I got back, you know, and then I, we got back and, um, that's when you and I started getting in touch again. Um, and you're right now you've been doing latent print records. Yeah. What was the first record did it small? The first record I did was small, uh, Tri-Cities band that I loved. And if you were from the area, you knew them and you probably loved them. And they, you know, did this really great thing for, at the time, being a small band from the Tri-Cities, being able to get out. They had a a weird PSA spot on MTV at the time, and they got, like, national attention, and it just shouldn't have happened that way, but it did. (laughs) And it was, right, like, it just, how does anybody, like, yes, the Seattle scene blowing up and, like, causing sort of that trickling ripple effect of, like, well, what else is cool in Washington? I think helped. It definitely brought a lot of attention looking around and the good stuff will always sort of rise so for sure i think that definitely helped them they had a management system too a couple of guys from the tri-cities who yeah were super dedicated they're like yeah we'll just get on the phone and we'll call i'm like we'll just yeah we just called everybody and wrote letters and we just oh I, amazingly so i mean it's so important to have a team yeah you know what i mean like it takes a team to like run your band business I mean, yeah. for a long time, it's just the band, right? But if you want to get any farther than your region, um, yeah. yeah, you got to have more than yourselves doing that. At some point, the art artist hopefully can go do the art. Um, yeah. And I think that's where they sort of excelled and maybe the business side of it or the promotion side of it. They're like, I don't know what to do. A couple of people right. wanted to. So yeah. it was, you know, a couple of years out. And I'm like, hey, guys, we're, we're about 
two years out from the 25th anniversary of this record you put out that I know sold like a thousand copies. Uh-huh. For, for the vinyl, we only need to sell like 200 to break even. I've crunched the numbers. Mm-hmm. I think we can do it. Right. I was like, okay, whatever you want to do, let's go do it. <laughs> sure. I mean, they were a lot, lot more engaged than that. I, I sort of yeah. minimized it. It was like, okay, let's just figure this out. And it was just a step at a time. And this is, you know, where you learn lessons along the way of like, I've learned I'm not a great proofreader. In fact, on the first pressing oh in the insert, I left off the drummer's name. Oh, no. Yes. Yeah. And like, they're I looking at the it. copies. They're looking at the copies and they're like, well, where's Jim's name? And I'm like, oh, oh no. no. So yes. we repress the inserts and it's all corrected and no one would know unless, you know, my big mouth didn't stop talking. About I, it. Yeah. So now no, there's a highly but... collectible special edition without the drummer. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like the seven inch, the seven inch I did for Carrie. Uh, the song labels are swapped because I didn't quite. I got a little too clever in yeah. my own head of like, I didn't want there to be an A side and a B side. Mm-hmm. Just wanted yeah. it to be like, play whichever side you want. It's cool. You know what it, should, it is because it's a split con- It's a split with another band. I'm like, you'll figure it out. That doesn't work in like technical terms of pressing a record. Like they need to know where does the label go? You got a 50-50 yep. if they guess. <laughs> we did not come up on heads with that one. <laughs> so it's like, I love that. Side, but it's not carry side. Right. And it's not the old friendly side. So I love that. Well, I'm a terrible proofreader. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, on my last record, I completely left off that Steve Fisk was the producer. That's <laughs> bad. That's terrible. I mean, because I, I yeah, was doing it, right? And I was like, oh my God, you know, like I posted all over. I was, I felt so bad because that's a big deal. That's, you know, yeah. that's part of his like, part of your workbook you know what i mean to be able yeah. to have evan anyways i felt terrible but yeah i'm like i don't do this well like somebody else do this for me i mean i just won't see it like and yeah. i end up wanting to go fast yeah and so then i always miss something so yeah we're a lot of like that way but i mean you have a lot more like so what are all the ones that are out now that you've done you've done small you've done goodness yes uh you- black happy has two records we did them both at the same time which was like you can do one record at a time. Let's do two at the same time. How much harder <laughs> can that be? <laughs> Trying to proof two different things. and Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, which was a whole interesting licensing process from Sony because they technically own the rights to that record. So, oh, like, yeah. Oh, let's figure out how it happens because I'm just going to keep asking questions till people tell me no. And it yeah. worked. Hey. Good. Uh, we did a band called Rose Blossom Punch, which is an old band from my friend Aaron Sprinkle, who is amazing pop songwriter he's a great producer now yeah. super nice guy uh, and it was sort of a, a mutual friend of ours was like you know aaron's got some old stuff that never came out and i'm like i've got a label for that nice. like, give me that yeah and the cool thing for me about the label is i get to work only projects i want to work right yeah. i'm not doing anything i don't want to do i'm working with people i want to work I right work i'm excited about if i'm not excited about it i'm not gonna do it, it doesn't right. make sense no. So Rose Blossom Punch, we did the um, old friendly karaoke split seven inch, which I'm super stoked about. Your song for Kaya has always been a great like in my oh, heart thank song. You. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's a that's a great song. It should be out there. And to realize it's sort of one of the first quote unquote goodness songs. Like, yeah, goodness, goodness. Like that's a captured moment. Love that. Written for my stepsister, like yeah. written for family. Like, yeah. I know. 
Yeah. Be out there. See? Oh, uh, we did the Western State Hurricanes, which is yep. you know, John, John Roderick pre Long Winters. Yep. Sort of different structure for those songs, and including a song that he hasn't carried forward called Through with Love, which was amazing. So, yeah. I, right. My favorite song on the album. It's good. Yeah. And that version of Delicate Hands, I love hands down. So it's great. Um, That's cool. A lot of fun to do. And then going sort of back to the beginning, the small guys uh, sort of turned into another band called the Ladybird Mission. That's uh, right. And they had five songs that they recorded that I felt like if everyone's talking, like it's them at their prime, five of their best songs, best moments. Uh, the recordings needed some cleaning up, but it never really got out there other than like a circulated, like dubbed tape to a handful of people. I'm like, there's no recordings. Let's put it out. Right. Yeah. We got it out and we had shows lined up and COVID. Oh my wow. God. Yeah. I mean, we still sold some, which is great, but I'm like, no, I need the shows to sell the. Yeah. 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 Well, and then you went, you've done like, you did the digital release of the first time goodness ever played. And it yeah. was live on Jack Straw when it was KCMU. Yep. That was cool. And you you keep finding things from my basement. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> like the first time I, my I ever played my solo stuff on Jack Straw on KCMU. Yes. Um, and Which will be coming out at some point for digital. At some point. Yeah. So for fun, that's coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then like the Hammerbox stuff that's coming and. Mm. I think you and I even talked about want to re-release that whole first record on vinyl, but we're like that might be way down the way. Um, which you I might have the be reels in my closet. Which you <laughs> whenever you basement. like, <laughs> whenever you like, Pete. Um, I'm just gonna take these reels. You're like, you need help? Nope, they're mine. Well, precious. and you might be doing some stuff with. I guess it's still maybe, but like, Lucky Me, one of my yeah, all-time favorite bands. Nope. They have a phenomenal record that was supposed to come out on Revolution? Revelation? Uh-huh. Revolution, probably. Revolution. Because there is a Revelation. Yeah, it's different. Uh, Revolution. And that label folded, so there was only, like, promo copies of this record ever put out. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then I think Nyleen put it up on, like, Bandcamp, and I think you can find it on... Weirdly, you can find it on Apple Music, but not Spotify. Oh. I don't Weird. know why it doesn't carry through, but it's out there. It's called Honeymoon Sea, and it's Oh, I so love good. it. I love it. I love yeah. my favorite song is The Wave. Oh yeah. my God, I just freaking love it. Yeah. The whole thing I'm, is a killer sounding record that John Auer produced it. So it's got, you know, John Auer yeah. and whistles and it's phenomenal. Well, and I do love and appreciate, and I think any music fan appreciates, is that in this area, and like a lot of areas, but in this area, like incredible music has been made that stands the test of time. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I appreciate that you're bringing some of that to light. Um, and, you know, I just really appreciate that. And people should know that, like, you're a deep music lover. Like, you know, when they go buy a record, they're they're a part of of your ethos. Right. Like uh, just the, f the fan, the music lovers ethos. Right. Like here's a guy loved music, has a company, uh, latent print records, putting out music for, for himself, for you, um, that you wouldn't have access to. And you're supporting, you know, people buy and support you back by buying the vinyl. It's just a good exchange. I appreciate that. And I think that's a big part of who you are as well. I think that's a part you're what you're a fan too right like yeah it's what record labels should always have been it seems like before giant companies yeah. took them over and turned them into this machine 
Yeah. I mean, the the whole model is really confusing. Here, we're going to give you a million dollars. Maybe it's not a million dollars. Yeah. Although in some bands' case, it is a million. We're going to spend a million dollars. Hope this works. Mm-hmm. Like, or, or worse. I, or worse. Like, like, oh, we spent it. We change of, you know, there's a change of the leadership guard. And, oh, we just don't care. Like, they have, at yeah. some point, they you know, in a certain time, like they just had that much money and they would be like, oh, whatever. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, like, boom, you're yeah. gone. No, nobody knows you or cares here. You're done. Like, just like that. It wouldn't even matter right. the, the merit of your music or that it could survive. Someone just doesn't care. They gotta, they gotta, you know, they're going to do their own way of proving their success and blah, 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 blah. Right. You know what I, mah, mah, mah. So, I mean, technology now sort of allows for I think labels like mine to exist. And I'm, I'm not the only one out there doing stuff like this, which is great. Because there's a bunch of records I love that I don't have time to get to, and I'm appreciating that other people do. Um, well, and I like, you know, the people listening here, I think, for the most part, are from the Northwest. And so, you know, I like to be able to say, if go support Latent Print Records. I mean, you are yay. investing in, yeah, but you're, you know, you're investing in this area's music and supporting someone who's providing that for you. It's a good exchange. Yeah. I think it's a really good exchange. I agree. Right? Well, and you know, and I just also an appreciation for you. Like, I think people should know your accomplishments and your experience um, and your drive, right? Uh, I think people need to know that and take it serious. Um, and they're not taking me serious? Well, you know, you know, I got gripes. People can be, people can be <laughs> presumptuous and whatever, but here's what it is, people. Pete Greenberg <laughs> has got a lot of things here and he has a killer label, which he came up with and go support it. Um, yeah. Happy to have him in the Northwest. Mm-hmm. Back yeah. off anybody who wants to tread on that. <laughs> or buy some records. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, just buy some. All right. I'm all ready to fight yeah, for you, Pete. Yeah, I, know. I, I didn't know there was a fight, but apparently there mm-hmm. is. I'll pick a fight anywhere. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, you will. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. And I just appreciate it. And you know, I love you as a friend. And I Absolutely. feel like you and I have actually become real friends. And, you know, because yeah. c- you can, you can know people. You can know people in a scene and have spanned time together, but that doesn't necessarily make you real friends. And I feel no. like we are real friends. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, Finally. I appreciate you. And I love Finally. you. I told you I wasn't going away. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> that that is what it takes sometimes. <laughs> Determination, hey, yeah. It's not, it's not just that, though. It's because Pete's Pete, right? Like... <laughs> Nobody hang out on my doorstep and hope we'll be friends one day. <laughs> I mean, God bless you, but like, it's not that easy. <laughs> Listen, if they can find where you live. No, Pete. <laughs> Don't encourage them. Yeah. Stop that. <laughs> In the deep recesses of Everett. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah just yes. keep going north until you hit the Keep border. going north. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of near Bellingham, but just to the side. It's fine. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. That's what I love. It's just fine. (laughs) Well, Pete, thank you so much for being on here. It's a pleasure, of course. Absolutely. Thank you for letting me ramble. Oh, no, of course. I think it's important to, it's, you know, your life is another landscape of a music lover, and I think it's good to share that. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. So fun stuff coming out in the future, everyone. Yes. Latent Print Records. Get excited. I will be. (laughs) <laughs> All right, thanks, great Pete. to get these things off my desk. So there we go. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you.